Welcome to Street Knowledge with Chris Graham. Welcome to the podcast, Chris Graham, joined by Scott German. And uh, we're actually just a few hours away from the start of the football season, week zero. Uh, most of the schools, uh, including everybody in the ACC, doesn't start until next week. Uh, we're going to talk college football in the context of conf- college sports and conference realignment. Uh, or lack thereof. There's there's a lot still being said, Scott. Uh, you and I have been texting about this the last few days uh, about the ACC and whether or not it's done in terms of uh, realignment. And uh, uh, there's been a lot of talk about still Stanford, Cal, SMU, uh, some co- some combination of those schools, uh, perhaps uh, being on the verge of getting invites to the ACC. Uh, What's the latest uh, you're hearing, thinking, sensing, anything of that nature regarding all this going on? I'm probably along with everyone else, just hearing little bits and pieces. Um, But from what I'm gathering, it's just a matter of time that that some of the no votes were swayed over to – Yes, votes, and it's just a matter of time before those three schools are added. Um, but whether that happens or not, um, time will tell. But I, that's what I'm hearing, that it's close to being a, a done deal. Setting the context for those who uh, either have been following this and maybe didn't see some of the details, et cetera, uh, there are 15 member ACC schools, if you include Notre Dame. Uh, even though Notre Dame is not a football member, they are a, a, a the school is a – an ACC member and gets to vote on these kind of things. And the, the ACC's bylaws require that if there's to be any any schools added to the conference, that it will take a vote of at least uh, 75% of the, the league's members. And so out of 15, that would require 12, even though that's 80%. Uh, 11 is only 73.3%. So you need to get uh, 12 votes. Uh, as of what we've been told, no formal votes have been taken, but um, we're, we've been told that uh, Clemson, Florida State, North Carolina, North Carolina State have been four schools who've been voting against the expansion. We don't know if those four may have been joined by anyone else, just that those four are the four that we know. Uh, so it would take at least one of those schools uh, being uh, persuaded to to join in and uh, create that 75 percent uh, supermajority. Uh, and actually, Scott, what I'm seeing is that there, uh, the talk, at least uh, amongst those who think they're in the know, uh, is that North Carolina and North Carolina State both are ready to to switch their votes from from no to yes. So that would be 13 out of 15, and would be more than what was needed. So, um, if that's the case, uh, then we'd have to then ask uh, and and then be told what the, the 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 timing of this would be. Would would those schools be invited for entry next year? And I think that seems like it would be the most logical thing to do. And then also, uh, you know, the the, the $64,000 or maybe $64 million question is a better way to put it. Uh, how much money do, do the uh, the current schools get uh, in, in addition to what they're already being paid for their TV contract? And how just how's the money work out? Because this is all about money. This isn't about, hey, let's add these schools because it makes a lot of geographic sense. This is, this is about money. Everything's about money, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The world goes around with money. Um, so, so are you uh, to just flip the scripts here a little bit? Let me ask a question or two. What side of the fence are you on on 
the ACC have allowing Notre Dame to have a say in the expansion? I don't think there's any question. They have a say. They're a conference member. Uh, this, there's, there's not that the ACC allows them to. It's that they are a conference member, so they get to have the vote. Um, morally, whether or not they should have a vote uh, is another question, but as a con- they are a conference member. Um, and so as a result, I don't think it's the ACC being nice and saying, hey, Notre Dame, you, you guys vote. Um, maybe another question would be, uh, should Notre Dame uh, be um, uh, public with its vote and, and, and be uh, lobbying other members because they're not a full foot, they're not a full member because they're not a football member. And if they were a football member, they're, you know, maybe there wouldn't be as much of a need to add other uh, other members to the conference. But but no, they're an ACC member, so they get a vote. Yeah, I I mean, I agree. They are a member of the ACC. You know, Chris, I, well, you and I talk, talked about this. I, I am still of the thinking that eventually the the TV networks, Fox, ESPN, um, whomever, whoever else is involved, are, are going to tighten the screws on these comp, on these schools and, and and want them to expand their conference schedules. I think you and I agree on that. Well, I'll, I'll, let me throw out the, uh, the SEC. The ESPN tried to, to push the SEC into doing that, and the SEC said, give us more money and we'll do it. Um, and so if, if – and then when ESPN came back and said, no, we're not going to give you more money, then the SEC said, no, we're not going to do it. So – I mean, yeah, maybe eventually. I don't know about turning the screws because the contracts are for what they are now. If they want to give them more money, they will. I think that eventually you'll probably see the the, the networks say, okay, we would rather have better games, so we'll give you some more money. But so right, right. in the end, that answers your question, yes, yes. And, and when that time comes, I really think it's going to paint Notre Dame into a corner that Notre Dame's going to have a hard time filling their own inventory with games. And that this is maybe why Notre Dame is in favor of conference expansion because um, eventually they're going to have to join the conference. I still don't know if I agree with with that perception uh, just because, uh, you know, they extracted out of the deal with the AZZ, and this is John Swafford, part of John Swafford's legacy. Uh, they get five games a year with the ACC that, you know, of course, they're not conference games, but those are five non-conference games that they don't have to go out and schedule. Um, if the ACC were to try to take that part away, I mean, yeah, then it, it becomes difficult. But at this point, because they get five ACC games, uh, five, or f- five non-conference games with the ACC, they've only got to schedule seven other games. Um you know, I, I would think that what Notre Dame would do if, if I were Notre Dame and Notre Dame, the folks who run Notre Dame are a lot smarter than me. Uh, but if I were them, uh, if things got to be an issue in terms of scheduling games, uh, I would say, all right, we're willing to play six ACC non-conference games or seven ACC non-conference or even eight ACC non-conference games. Uh, just not count them as conference games. And we're not going to share our TV money with you in any other way um, before I would try to join the conference. So I'll just throw that out there that, I don't know that Notre Dame – Notre Dame's still Notre Dame. They're still the Yankees. They're still the Cowboys, you know, and and they play by a different set of rules, like it or not. I think that's just that's just reality. Yeah. I, I And I guess by adding Cal and Stanford and SMU, then that's three games, three more games that potentially would be on Notre Dame's schedule. 
They they could. I mean, yeah. If 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 Notre Dame got in that situation, yeah, and and you know they play Stanford just about every year. I think there's been two years in the last thirty thirty five, and one of those was a COVID year where they didn't play uh, each other in a non conference game. So they want they don't want Stanford to be in the Mountain West and then play that game. They'd rather Stanford be a power four, I guess it would be now not power five, but they'd rather them be a, in a power conference. Um, it just helps their strength of schedule for that to be the case. And so, um, you know, that's a factor there too. And, um, you know, the other side of this is from the, the standpoint of, okay, so there's two sets of constituencies here within even the ACC leadership. There are the ADs, the athletics directors who, yeah, they're looking at it and saying, all right, Stanford and Cal and SMU, SMU is, is Texas. So that's, that's a little far out of our, of our comfort zone. But then the other two are out in California. That's way out of our scheduling zone. Um, but, uh, you know, there's money. So money's good. Uh, the university presidents look at those three schools and say, man, we can, you know, from an academics perspective, we can have collaborations now with Stanford, Cal and SMU. SMU is, is a school that ranks right there in the heart of where the ACC schools rank in the U S news rankings, Stanford and Cal or Stanford and Cal. I mean, those are top schools in the, in the country. Uh, and so the presidents, I'm sure, are very much in favor of this from the academic standpoint. And then, you know, they'll eventually tell the ADs, figure out the scheduling. Yeah, so so I'm thinking why the flip from a couple of schools to vote now for expansion. And I'm, I'm thinking that it's just kind of a way to buy some time until someone figures out how to end the grant of rights or it actually does end that this helps make up some ground because these schools are going to get by adding those three schools and, and two of those three basically saying we'll come in for nothing. And the other, I think it was Stanford agreeing to a very low percentage for a while. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. you're going to, it's going to help narrow the gap a little bit between the ACC and the other two power two conferences uh, yeah you know yeah. i just think it's a it's a sort of a move to just buy some time well i don't even know about buying time from this standpoint um you know now that august 15th has passed the deadline for schools if they wanted to leave for next year has passed um there was a lot of bluster from florida state publicly and then we heard behind the scenes um from folks at uva so privately uh, that they thought they could challenge a grant of rights. Well, Florida State, for all the public bluster, didn't leave the conference and had, didn't announce they're going to leave next year. Then they could announce any time in the near future that they're going to leave in 2025 or 2026. But uh, to do so with no standing offer, uh, which it doesn't seem like one is sitting out there for them, uh, doesn't seem like a smart move on Florida State's part. It could be a gamble that they could win at, and it could be a gamble where they're an independent. Uh, and they were an independent in football for a while. And then, you know, the, back in the Bobby Bowden era, and it worked out for a while, but that was a different era in college sports. Um, plus, they would be left to fight the the grant of rights by themselves. You know, we were told, Scott, a few weeks ago that uh, that by, by well-placed people that uh, there were standing offers for EVA and UNC to join the Big Ten. But the fallback for the Big Ten would be Stanford and Cal. Well, if the ACC votes to bring in Stanford and Cal, the fallback goes away. 
Uh, and if the ACC adds Stanford, Cal, and SMU, I think that any incentive for UVA and UNC to go to the Big Ten goes away because they'll be making more money. They won't be making Big Ten money or SEC money, but they'll be bringing in more money uh, from the TV markets out in San Francisco and Dallas. So I don't know. I think that if I think it's more than a stalling tactic or a, or a buying time tactic, I think that this move could be the move that that. Whether or not people are jumping up and down, throwing parades uh, in ACC, uh, you know, the ADs and, and, and president's offices across the, the the Southeast and the Northeast and everything else. I think it's something that they'll say, we'll take it. You know, it's better than what we had before. And it's better than having to spend a lot of money uh, in court and maybe losing uh, and, and the uncertainty thereof. So yesterday, off we talked uh, and let's, let's talk about it a little more. This, the, the travel, the increased travel expenses is really much to do about nothing. If you think about it. And I really thought about it even more after we hung up because the football program are, are only going out to those schools, um, once every so many years, cause you don't right. play around Robert, the basketball programs are, or can go out there and make a double header of it. Um, and some sports, you're not going to play out there every year. The the travel expenses are going to come in for Cal and Stanford. Right. They, right. They're the ones that are going to be really absorbing a humongous increase in their travel budgets, not the ACC schools. Yeah, the budgets uh, in terms of their travel and transportation and hotel and lodging, but also the, 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 the costs on their student athletes who will have to – uh, you know, maybe spend a week on the East Coast or or whatever uh, when they're traveling, you know, not the football teams necessarily, obviously, you know, they'll probably fly out on Thursdays to acclimate to the time change. Um, they'll ask the ACC and and demand, I'd say, from the ACC, no 12 o'clock kickoffs for these games, please. Uh, that's nine o'clock body time. At least give us 3.30 or, or a prom time game when we come across. And same thing, we'll, we'll, we'll flip them back. Uh, no, no, seven thirty Pacific uh, kickoffs. We don't want ten thirty uh, body time for the East Coast teams. But um, yeah, the the you know the baseball and softball when they have to play three game series. You know, they, you're right. It's mostly for the Cal's and the and the Stanford's. Uh, you know, uh, SMU and Dallas is only one time zone away, so that's not that's nothing uh, for for either side on that on that equation. But you know, and there will be some increased travel cost involving even in those games because you're not going to bust your baseball team or your softball team out to Dallas. You're going to you know fly there, obviously. So, you know, that does add one more flight for some of your non obviously your non revenue sports when they have to play those games. But they're not every year, uh, as far as that goes. So, yeah, the biggest costs are being borne there by Stanford and Cal and their student athletes, and I would wonder how that would impact their recruiting. Uh, and, and their competitiveness, but on the other side, they're looking at it and saying, "What is what is us dropping down to the Mountain West as an example of what could happen to them? What is what is dropping down to the Mountain West do for us in terms of recruiting?" So, um, it's they're they're the ones taking and taking the risk here, and they're also the ones saying, "We'll take either no money or just a little bit of money for a few years, just for the privilege of being able to play in the ACC." So, um, you know, they're they're getting the double whammy; they're going to get less money. And they're going to have to pay more out in the travel. So that's yeah, that they're they're that's their problem. Not not as much as certainly it is our problem here on the East Coast. 
Yeah, you can, you know, I haven't looked, but I wonder if Cal and Stanford's rosters for football, I wonder how California based they are, or do you think they recruit nationally? Uh, you know, I haven't looked, so I, you know, but, but I would think if I'm them, I'm recruiting the heck out of California. There's so many players there. It's a, such a huge state, yeah. not just in terms of population, but size. I mean, it goes all the way up. I think Virginia is uh, the same, similar latitude as like San Francisco, and there's still a lot. I mean, there's not a lot of population north of San Francisco, but there's still a lot of state north of San Francisco. So it's a huge state geographically, huge state in terms of numbers of of students and then athletes and then lots of football players. So. Um, you know, yeah, if they might get some national recruits, but they're, you know, I would assume that a good portion of their roster is California now. So the question isn't, again, does, does it hurt their recruiting or help their recruiting? It it probably helps our recruiting because if you're, uh, you know, if you're Virginia recruiting a kid from California, uh, Hey, we'll play Stanford a couple of times in your four years here. We'll play Cal a couple of times in your four years here. So, you know, we might be out in your neck of the woods uh, for your hometown people to see us. And plus, th- those kids might see Stanford, uh, you know, they'll, they'll see Stanford and Cal playing ACC teams. As a result, they'll see more ACC uh, football, and that might get them thinking ACC more. And if, if Stanford and Cal is not good enough for them in their minds, they might decide to go somewhere else in the ACC. So I think that's a that's gonna, that and, and SMU giving us an actual foothold in Texas. You know, obviously, Texas is also a big state for recruiting in football. Big state geographically, big state in terms of population, and uh, boy, we get we get uh, you know kids in Texas who, who are going to be watching us more. So th- these are going to again be helpful helpful things for uh, ACC school, the the current ACC schools, uh, and maybe not as good in that respect for those newcomers if they come in. Chris, you and I, and before I get to that, I just pulled up Cal's roster. I would say just off the top of my head at first look about 75% of their roster are California players. Okay. About 90% appear to be, 95% appear to be West Coast players. Mm -hmm. They do have a couple of players, one player from Florida, one player from Texas, uh, one player from Tennessee, a couple from Colorado, um, but primarily West Coast. So – and you know, Cal and Stanford—they they've been down in the last few years, but they've had they've had success. Uh, Stanford had great success. Jim Harbaugh, uh, and then what Jim Harbaugh left behind for David Shaw—the first few years of the David Shaw regime. I mean, they when when they had Andrew Luck at quarterback, they were uh, constantly in the top five of the country, consistently in the top five of the country for several years there. And Cal, maybe not quite to that height. But I'm remembering Marshawn Lynch and his years there. You know, they've had some they've had some really good teams. So there's potential there for those two schools. And that's probably what they see. They want to, you know, continue, continue to compete at that level. SMU, of course, their their history is way back in the 80s. But they were a, a national program back in the 80s before the, the cheating scandal, death penalty uh, and that kind of thing. But um, they've got oil money. <laughs> <laughs> and they were, right. they've been jonesing to be in a power five conference for years. And so, you know, you get, the, you get them and their oil money in the ACC and, you know, you're going to see a, a, a power there too. So I think from the football standpoint, uh, adding these three schools will, will help greatly uh, the rest of the ACC uh, as we're getting ready to expand to a 12 team playoff. I think we're, we're, we're adding some schools that could, you know, I mean, maybe eventually compete uh, at, at that level. The, the they, they could be schools that could compete for playoff bids in a few years. 
Yeah, and to t- you know, old school people like you and I, or or me certainly, did the, the we got just have to forget about geographic sense. Does it make sense? Because it hasn't made geographic sense for the ACC since they added Louisville and Notre Dame. Yeah. Um. So yeah, they don't touch anything Atlantic. <laughs> so, uh, so it's no longer about that. One one other tidbit about Cal: they do have a Virginia connection, Vic Saoto. Is okay, a, yeah. Is the yeah. special teams coordinator. He was a graduate assistant at UVA in 2019. Yeah, yeah. One of the one of the uh uh Samoan guys uh that uh, came along uh, or was lured there by the Bronco group with all their great ties uh recruiting the American Samoa uh football players dating back to their BYU days. Yeah, great. Great to hear that. And and you know, I think you and I should get some credit because we 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 talked about SMU before anyone mentioned it. Do yeah. You remember? We wow. were at the ACC kickoff last year, back in 2022, when uh, a lot of schools were being mentioned as possibles. And I don't know what it was. We just we we both threw out SMU. I think you you've traveled a lot over the years in your uh, working days to Dallas, and we were were thinking out loud. All right, who who fits the bill here? Well, SMU's got a uh, a lot of money. <laughs> and a lot of money, and, and you did your research on. They certainly qualify educationally. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good they're, solid school. They're uh, a t- they, I think they're ranked this year's rankings of of the US News and World Report uh they of national universities they were 72nd which I think timed them with NC State um and there were you know they were right there there were a bunch of schools in the ECC cloistered between 60 and 80 and they were right there in the middle of it all. They got a couple billion dollar endowment when I looked that up. Uh they got money uh and um and they play i mean they play sports well uh football i think they won eight games last year i want to say that and, and i'm sure someone will correct me if i'm wrong on that i'm just talking off the top of my head there but they've they, you know they've they've had some good basketball in recent years uh and so they wouldn't bring us down athletically they certainly wouldn't bring us down academically and they you know and they want to be there they they, they actually want to be in the acc and you can't say that even right now for everybody in the acc yeah, I was reading a story about SMU and their endowment, and and the story I read was that a lot of schools have a lot of and have a lot of money in endowment, but it's old money that may or may not last generations. Uh, SMU, most of their endowment money is oil money that isn't going away. Um, so SMU is a school that has money, is not willing, is willing to spend it. And you can just imagine what being in a power five conference will do for them. Well, and it's, I mean, in both cases, uh, because Stanford and Cal are in the San Francisco TV market and then, and then SMU's in the Dallas Fort Worth TV market, those are both top 10 TV markets in the country. Um, You know, that's, that's important from the ACC networks bottom line. All of a sudden ESPN can raise the carriage fees uh to uh those two tv markets the dallas tv market slightly over three million households the um uh san francisco tv market is around 2.7 million tv households and so all of a sudden you go from charging you know a few cents per month per subscriber to a few dollars per month per subscriber uh that obviously is going to increase revenues for the acc network which then goes back out to the member schools uh this is you know we're, we're talking about you know, sometimes in business you're landlocked because you can't. You know, you're you're surrounded by buildings. You can't get any bigger physically because of that. Well, the ACC sort of landlocked in terms of money. They're money locked. Uh, we're locked into a TV contract through 2036 with ESPN that isn't going to grow. Um, 
And so, you know, it's not growing on its own. Let's just say the way it grows is if, uh, you, you know, the, you, you figure out a way to grow the base. And so uh, adding, adding, you wouldn't want to just add anybody. You wouldn't want to just add, say, West Virginia uh, and, and, you know, Morgantown, West Virginia. They're in the Pittsburgh TV market. We've already got the Pittsburgh TV market. We've got Pittsburgh. We've got Pitt. Um, and so that wouldn't necessarily add any more, any, any new uh, TV subscriber money uh, to the ACC's coffers, but certainly if you go to Dallas and you go to San Francisco, you're adding you're adding uh, you know new TV viewers that uh, will be charged extra for ACC uh, ne- network access, and and that's the way to that's that's this is the only way really the ACC can grow its revenue base is through adding TV viewers to the T- ACC TV network. Yeah, and those three schools would definitely do it. They would. And, uh, you know, and then, you know, I mean, the, the wild card then is is, is Notre Dame. And, and, you know, Scott, I think your points are valid. I mean, Notre Dame eventually may, if they're going to join a conference, um, they have the same issue that uh, Florida State or anybody else would have with the grant of rights. If they decide, hey, we'd like to be in the Big Ten. Great. Uh, we have your media rights through 2036. Uh, you, you'd have to do the same thing Florida state would have to do or Clemson or Virginia, North Carolina, anybody in the ACC would have to do. You'd have to, you basically have to go to court to, to see that happen. And it could take the court court cases can take years. The court cases of this, of this detailed technical nature can take years, um, to, to sort through. And, um, and so if they're inclined to join a conference, it's likely going to be the ACC. And so, uh, you know, perhaps shoring up the ACC's bottom line by adding, you know, big market, good academic programs, good athletics programs like SMU, Cal and Stanford could could convince a, a Notre Dame to say, oh, you know what, uh, let's go ahead and do it. Let's go ahead and pull the trigger. Let's 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 join in. So if that's going to happen, I'm not sure it does, but if that's going to happen, I think this this kind of move could help uh, push Notre Dame across the line there. It won't it won't hurt it. I don't think it'll deter it. I'm not saying that this is the move that makes Notre Dame go into the ACC, whether because they're scheduling conflicts or lack of scheduling opportunities. But I think this is a move that would appeal to their fan base too, because these are teams that they are familiar with playing, certainly Cal and Stanford, not as much SMU, but certainly Cal and Stanford. Well, and they're, and those three programs are named programs to some degree. And, uh, and so that helps too. And um you know, and Notre Dame has been advocating for this. You know, your first question, Scott, was, you know, is it fair for Notre Dame to have a vote? Well, you know, and, and my answer was, yeah, they have a vote, but morally, should they be advocating for something? They have been advocating for this, for the, these moves to add uh, Cal, Stanford, and SMU. Uh, so uh, Notre Dame's brain trust thinks that the ACC should do this. And, you know, they must think it's good for for their bottom line, too, in that respect. So, um, whether or not you know it, it has impact on future decisions Notre Dame may make is is a is a question left probably for the future, right? But uh, I think that uh, at this standpoint, they're behind it. Uh, most of the ACC, most of the rest of the ACC is behind it. And I mean, what we're hearing, uh, we're recording this just so when, just so folks know, it's two twelve Eastern time on Friday. Uh, I give that time uh, and the date just because. Uh, the the word has been that perhaps by the weekend, and which means we're getting close to the weekend. It's Friday. Uh, we could have some news on this front, and uh, so you know, I, I know Scott. I, I've been doing this for the last like six weeks, but I've been I've been increasing the frequency of of checking my email, checking my text, 
checking the internet because I mean, I really, based on what we're hearing, I think that there's news that'll be coming on this maybe in the next 24 hours. Yeah, I, I, I think you're right. One, one last uh, tidbit about that. There was a great article in, um, I believe it was Wednesday's San Francisco Chronicle, which would be the home paper for Stanford. Um, and Cal, I would assume, too. And Cal, and certainly Cal, um, about how Stanford was the ultimate, and it was a very well-written article. I would highly recommend reading it. How Stanford was the ultimate victim in the hypocrisy of the college term student athlete and how that they were literally sacrificing that student athlete in order to chase the almighty dollar. Um, I mean, that's, that's fine. Uh, college athletics, since it's, since the first uh, teams were playing uh, football in the early 1900s or late 1890s or whatever it was, uh, and started, uh, you know, t- they were recruiting players and paying guys and, you know, the NCAA forum trying to combat the lawlessness. College football, college sports has always been about money. It's always been a seedy business. <laughs> I mean, just, just so to say that Stanford is now all of a sudden breaking the rules. I mean, well, uh, I, they, they are. I, I won't go over it, but it was basically, OK, they're going to make money. Regardless, even if they stay in the new form Pac-12, Big Mountain West or whatever, but they're chasing the ultimate dollar by joining a conference in which they're going to force their student athletes to make 2,500 mile, uh, 5,000 mile round trips. Well, see, I would argue, I mean, without having you know studied that topic stanford is one of those schools like virginia and north carolina that fields teams in pretty much every uh ncaa sanctioned sport uh and does the mountain west do that i don't think the mountain west does and so if you're stanford and you want to preserve um your 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 totality of your of your athletics program um, they're looking at it and saying the acc you know does at least offer all these sports and we can maintain those programs and if we go to a Mountain West, we have to cobble together uh, affiliations. You know, if like, you know, we may have to join this conference as an affiliate member for uh, this sport and th- another conference as an affiliate member for that sport. And, and maybe as a result, instead of doing all that, we just drop sports. So, um, you know, and they don't want to do that. Stanford uh, is a team, as uh, a school, an athletics program uh is is one that regularly either wins the director's cup or is in the top three or four they're kind of like a virginia and carolina again those those programs do well across a breadth of uh, athletics offerings and i don't know that you know for for that school being a part of the mountain west uh, allows them to to maybe have that kind of um impact so you know it's easy for a for an uh, editorial writer newspaper writer sports writer to you know, and it's it's you know it's it's one of those moralistic things that that some sports writers like to do. They they like to get on their high horse and act like that they're better than all this. But you know, I I don't think that the people who run Stanford are, are you know any dumber than the people who run other athletics programs and other schools. They're looking out and saying we want to maintain what we have. The best way for us to maintain what we have is to make this move. 
Um, if they want to consult a guy making 40,000 a year to write columns for a, a, a newspaper, um, you know, that's probably not the best way to go about doing that kind of thing. Yeah. And it is about money. So, I mean, that's why I don't, I, I expect, uh, Stan, Stanford, Cal, SMU. I, I, I fully expect to see all of them in the ACC and, um, um, you know, because money makes the world go around, right? Did I smack down that editorial writer, the sports writer, well enough there? <laughs> yeah, you sort of did. <laughs> I yeah. might be overstating how much he makes. Uh, that's the only thing about that. Yeah, I um, think you might be. He might. He may make forty two thousand a year. Oh, right? out in California, and he's living in a big yeah, market. Inflation. Inflation. Yeah, yeah but it but might be it, monopoly money for all we know. Who yeah, knows? but you know, because uh, the his inflationary money out there might not spend as much as forty thousand would in the on the East Coast, but. Uh, in our market anyway, but uh, anyway, no, this has been a great discussion. And so we think, you know, we think we might uh, have, have may have told you some news there uh, and also kind of analyzed it for you, but we'll be watching. And uh, you know, Scott, between Scott and I, uh, we will, uh, you know, probably if, if there is breaking news this weekend, we'll certainly have it to you, not just the news, but then the analysis as well. So uh, well, Scott, uh, thanks for your your time and your input here for our listeners. Thank you for joining in, uh, listeners and viewers, though on on YouTube, and we will be talking to you again soon.